<laughs> he puts it in his, in his lizard's house and feeds the little... Ma'am, Yertle is a turtle! <laughs> Ma'am, Yertle is a turtle! <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Stranger Things podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 25-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. Um, our fun fact for this episode is uh, what, like, bug or, like, creepy crawly did you used to, like, play with as a kid or, like, bring home? Yeah. And stuff like that. Um, I was a big fan of... Burping. When, when we went camping um, and everybody else was by the fire... Mm-hmm. You would, like, go and you would watch the moths land on blades of grass. Mm. And then you would put your hands over top of the blades of grass and then just, like, pull up. And then you would have a moth in your hand. Uh-huh. And then you would go over to your mother who was sitting by the fire. And you would say, guess what I have, mom? <laughs> and she would say, is it another moth? <laughs> and then you would open your hands and the moth would fly away and it'd be like, it was another moth. It was a moth! Like, looking back on it, it was probably real repetitive and annoying, but... I yeah. had a good time. Yeah, she probably was like, mm, yes, checks wristwatch. Another freaking moth. Yeah, <laughs> to this day, like, one of the only bugs that I'm not afraid of, other than, like, the big ones, like, yeah. I'm talking about the small ones, you know what I yeah. mean, are, like, moths. Yeah. I see moths all over the place, and I'm like, that's my friend. Oh. You know, like, I don't even like ladybugs, bro, but I... What do you have against I, ladybugs? They poop. So <laughs> moths! Yeah, but not on me. I've been you don't pooped, know that! I've been pooped on by a ladybug. Okay. Robin E. Jeffrey 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I've been on by a ladybug. And I'm just saying, I didn't like the experience, so I don't really like ladybugs. But I do like moths. I've been pooped on by a bunny. Okay. Just thought I'd let you know. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 30-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And unfortunately, you and I have the same answer, which oh, is... You're talking uh, to Sam. Yes. Uh, Sam and I have the same answer, which is the creepy crawly that we played with was worms. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't so much that I was fascinated by worms as I was fascinated what I could get my sister to do with worms. Oh, no. Um, so one time I actually told her, I was like, Lindsay, like, did you know worms are edible? And she was like, no. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, the dog eats them. I like, mean, yeah, technically you're right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, the dog eats them. Jesse eats them. So, like, you can eat them. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And that's how I got grounded for making my sister eat worms. <laughs> I also did the exact same trick with dog food. Nice. There's a reason that she got in trouble more, and it's because she fell for the dumb stuff that I did. (laughs) And then I blamed her for it. And that's what little sisters are for, I think. Sounds legit. Thanks. My name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 27-year-old marketing coordinator from sunny pre-apocalyptic Washington, D.C. I'm a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's, where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. Brittany already told you that I like to... I like to play with worms. Yes. That's pretty much it. I just thought I was less afraid of them than any of the other creepy crawlies because I am deeply unsettled by any other kind of bug touching any part of my hands or skin or body in and any yet way. And you grew up on a farm. Oh yeah. I would like one time a spider fell down my shirt and I ran crying into the house and like jumped in the shower. Well, that's a spider. So yeah. I'm with you there. Spider, yeah. You're valid. Also, like, because I grew up on a farm, like, crickets would get into our house a lot. Ew! So, like, they would be in the shower when you go to, like, take a shower, and you, like, already have undressed, and then there's, like, well, shit, there's a cricket. 
and you have um, to, like, do something about it in a towel. There is no consent here by the crickets. They really need to step up their uh, consent game, right. I feel like. Which is interesting, but this is interesting because uh, worms were not my thing. Like, I refused to I don't to think go- they're creepy looking. Well, I, I refused to go on walks in the rain or after it had rained, not because it was raining and or mm. had just rained, but because there would be worms on the sidewalk mm. and mm. I would have to like tiptoe around the worms because they were so gross. I liked I liked the worms just because they were squiggly and squishy and mm. like also if if you accidentally like broke it in half it <gasps> still lived. It would still live. Oh my so, god. Yeah, they can just like they can like regrow. Whereas like like a, a cricket or a moth or something, I'm like, you don't look right. Like, I can see some of your exoskeleton. I don't like, like that. Like, you had one worm, boom, now you have now two worms. Now you have two worms. Infinite worms. The worm economy is falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> you can just print new worms these days. <laughs> Would you download a worm? <laughs> a worm. <laughs> I wish we would stop talking about worms. It's been five and a half minutes of worm talk. <laughs> All right. Today we have more to say about episode 203 of Stranger Things, the polyworm. No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Okay. It's the polywog. But that's also has something to do with bugs. That's true. Well, this is a really gross episode. Uh, I'd, I wouldn't call a polywog a bug. It's an amphibian. It's a tadpole. Oh, that's right. Dart just Ta- looks like a to bug. To be fair, tadpoles look like bugs to me. I mean, yeah. they, they definitely look like bugs. Yeah. I'm with you there. But mm-hmm. um, you are correct and I was wrong. Okay. And mm-hmm. that's the only time I'll ever say that. I don't know if that's true. I don't <laughs> think that's true either. We'll see. You're correct and I'm wrong again. This episode will contain spoilers for the entirety of seasons one and two and three of Stranger Things. One and two one and, and two three. and three. And not four, because who knows when that's coming out now. Yeah. There's um, also a small kitty who is sitting on top of our <laughs> mic cord. So I hope, I, I'm, I assume it'll sound normal. <laughs> but if you hear any rustling or perhaps a baby mow or a big mow. That's what that is. It's not our usual guest, Kobe. Yeah. My cat. Mm-hmm. It is our roommate, Emily's cat, Peavy. Oh, we'll tell her what, their, what her actual I mean, is. her name is Evie, but we call her Peavy. <laughs> so people are going to be like, why did they name her that? That's not a name. That's her nickname. She has about 30 nicknames. Yeah. One of which is Peavert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, she's crazy and yeah. may attack us at any moment. Yeah. I like, th- I, I think it would be really funny if, um, because she's laying on the cord, we all, we came out sounding like kittens. <laughs> <laughs> is that my voice? That science makes sense. Is that my voice? <laughs> oh well. <laughs> okay, so the title. I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but we get a new character named D'Artagnan this episode, and he is a polywog. So there wow. you go. Alright, I think we're just going to get started. Sounds gouda. Um, so the, we're going to start with the teens like we usually do, due to it being a smaller storyline. Much smaller. I feel like at some point it turns into the Nancy and Jonathan hour, and that's even still- we're still gonna do that one first so that we don't have to talk about it as much. (laughs) Yeah, that's when I lose attention. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, somehow on this episode I got tricked into writing the longest summary. (laughs) Sucker. So. I just write whichever one Steve is in, and I think we all know it. Yeah. And I'm a nice lady, and I ask Brittany now which one she wants instead of just taking the adults for myself. And so she takes the adults, and I'm like, I respect you. Mm. I wanted adults because I knew it would be shorter. Oops. <laughs> so but you, you also, did, but you you also had to do all of Eleven's stuff. 
Yeah, see, that was the thing, is you, I heard adults, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll just do the adult storyline, and then we're watching the episode, and I was like, well, who's doing this? And she, she looks at Eleven's goes, on the screen, you. and I'm, like, stuffing a taco in my mouth, yeah. and she's like, isn't this yours? And I was like, no. no. That was an unpleasant surprise, because <laughs> it turned out I was writing the second most amount of notes. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so here's my summary for the teen storyline. Weird summary. Here we go. Steve is playing basketball in gym class against Billy. Billy asks him, literally while they're playing, about his reputation at the school. Steve falls down and Billy takes the ball and scores. Nancy finds him and takes him outside for a chat. She asks where he was this morning for her ride to school. Steve doesn't think he owes her anything anymore. Nancy doesn't even remember what happened, but it doesn't matter because Steve does. If it's not true, Nancy loves him, but she can't. Steve leaves. At lunch, Nancy discusses this with Jonathan. He tells her Steve was upset, but she didn't mean it. Nancy thinks maybe she did. They relate about a heaviness that they carry around or something. <laughs> Nancy is so mad that the people responsible got away. Jonathan says they're dead. I think we're talking, yeah, we're talking about Barb. Yeah. At this point, as we usually are. But Nancy's not so sure. She has an idea. She and Jonathan skip fourth period. Nancy and Jonathan head to the Wheeler residence. Karen is surprised to see him. In Nancy's room, they call Barb's mom and tell her to meet them at the park. They have to tell her something. She agrees. The lab is listening. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. So there you go. My first note is, Billy, is this the time? Um, <laughs> the thing about Billy is that it's never the time, yeah. but it's always on his schedule, so it's always the time for him. Right. So he's like, now's the time to talk, I think. I told Sam, like, when we were watching, that the reason that Belly, Belly, you know what, fine. The reason <laughs> Belly sucks is because his redemption arc is basically, I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck, oh, I'm about to die. Maybe some of the things I did were bad. And I'm like, you should have probably figured people, it out before. Yeah, then. like, how can people stand you? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know when you're being that person that you're being a bad person. Mm-hmm. Like, you know! Even if you think you're right, you know that internal damage is hurting other people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. whenever someone's like, oh, well, Billy was this, I'm like, no, 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 no. Shut up. You're wrong. <laughs> End of conversation. Mm-hmm. Like... The reason that racist people are racist is because they think that people of different races are literally, like, not people, or, like, are not... Or inferior. Or completely inferior to them, so they think it doesn't matter what, like, that they're hurting them. Well, it's an erasure of humanity, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I won't afford you the same opportunities that I would afford someone who is my own race because I don't see you as a person. Right. And it's like, huh? Yeah. So, like, when Billy treats other people like that, I'm like, at no point can this person be redeemed Mm -hmm. because he never shows remorse for having done those things. If he had done, then maybe they would have been able to start a redemption arc for him. Yeah! But I don't think they did. Really, all they did was say, was give us, like, something that happened to him that made it, like, they gave us a reason as to why he's like this, but never did they give um, us a moment where Billy was like, I'm sorry, I feel bad, I didn't do it right. All they did was, like, tell us why he's like this, which is not yeah. a redemption arc. Whereas, like, Steve was constantly like, oh, wow, I was a huge jackass, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna change how I am. And they started that last season. Yeah, which is why you can have a character be a shitty person, mm-hmm. as long as you put the work in to making them, like, more likable and, like, actually atone for their problems, because that's how humans are. Yeah. You can do something, like, really crappy and you can say sorry and that's fine, but you have to put the work in. Yeah. And the writers didn't choose to do that with Billy, so don't stand Billy. It's like, see, Stranger Things actually did do a bad boy gets redemption arc with Steve yeah. and did it right. Mm-hmm. And Billy is just a bad person. He's not, like, a bad person who gets a redemption arc. He's just bad. Yeah. And, like, I, his his redemption arc is ineffective to me because it's, like, a, a retcon, basically, to be like, ah, he is he is shitty because he was treated shitty. And, like, that's not an excuse. 
It's so, cool motive, still murder. Yeah. Yeah, and to be clear, we are talking about Billy and not Dacre, who I've seen many interviews with and is lovely. Oh yeah, he's yeah. fantastic. But I also think that it could be argued that the show kind of knew who he was the entire time and yeah. intentionally wrote him that way. And For sure, him, especially in this season. Yeah, like, and gave him, like, that last moment to have, to have like, the audience empathize not with him, but with Max losing him. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. less about right. redeeming him and more about saying, this is a person that despite his flaws, Max still cared about because she's a person who cared about another person. Right. Yeah. And, like, I think that's what they were trying to go for, but a lot of people kind of looked at it as, like, Billy Apology, like, apologist, like, sort of writing, and I'm like, I don't know where I fall on that other than I think you could interpret it as Max being sad. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think Billy was never supposed to be likable. No. Ever. And it's kind of, like, in the way that, you know, there are, and this is obviously different because at least in my opinion there is evidence that Draco Malfoy felt really bad about what happened at some point in, yeah, especially could, in Deathly Hallows yeah. he found like he finally figured out like and and at the end of Half-Blood Prince when he specifically said to Dumbledore basically I'm trapped I don't know what else to do I I can't like he'll kill me if I don't do this. Yeah, basically. I think Joe could have done a better job with Dr- right. with Malfoy. But, but yeah, she has come out and not that we we don't listen to anything. Not she that says we anymore. listen to what yeah. she says anymore at all. But she has said like she doesn't understand how there are people who like Draco and how there are people who like feel bad for him or anything. And I'm like, I I don't. Local woman doesn't understand that people would empathize with someone yeah. who was gaslit for most of his life. Yeah. Hmm. Joe, I wonder why that is. I was like, don't you see that you yourself wrote in ways to make people empathize with him and and you know you're making him likable just by making him not as hard as and angry anymore that's like i can see people liking draco i personally i wouldn't say i like draco but like you know i i see him i liked the character of him and i liked what he provided and i always thought at the end that there could have been more with him yeah and that he got kind of sidelined and i think obviously now we know he was Mm sidelined because joe didn't get it yeah joe doesn't get a lot of things I guess my point is just that, unlike Draco, Billy wasn't given by the writers any reason for you to... Like him. To like him. No. And they they didn't want you to like him. No, that was like, that was, and I mean, that's one of the beautiful things about like art, right? It's always up for interpretation. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there is always one way that a writer will intend something to be communicated. That doesn't mean that it can't change and that doesn't mean that people can't disagree with that but i think in this case the writers did intend to say this person is mostly bad Mm -hmm. yeah and i also want to clarify that you know there's like that whole bad boy thing and everything people are are interested in like something that is is unattainable and something that's bad for them you know you can be attracted to billy without liking him Well, and I mean, that's the great thing about, like, characters who are villains is you can like the character without justifying, like, what they do. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like, I always, I didn't, like, I hate using, like, an MCU reference, but Loki, Mm -hmm. I I always liked Loki because in Ragnarok especially, like, not really in the Avengers, where he's a cartoon villain, he's likable because he's just a f***ing asshole. Yeah. Like, you can like a character for being a jerk without justifying any of the reasons they were a jerk. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a really cool motive still murder. Basically, um, so Billy pushes Steve down. At no point does the gym teacher go, hey, uh, let's play nice, but okay. Just encouraging toxic masculinity. Don't worry about it. Um, so Billy steals the ball and makes the shot, and there's actually, like, a whole fun fact about this. Ooh! Um, Billy makes the shot, and then they pan down to Billy, and Billy's basically just like, you know, if 
if you're actually watching the show, it totally reads as, that's right, I'm the coolest guy in the universe. Mm-hmm. But um, Dacre was actually really surprised that he like he had been trying to get that shot the whole time and he hadn't gotten the shot. And so knowing that, when it pans back down to him, like, maybe there's a little bit of, like, surprise on his face. <laughs> being like, that's really well, cute. Cool. Yeah. So Nancy missed first period because Steve didn't drive her to school. And... Tough shit. Yeah, Steve, in no world, and I know she doesn't remember, but in no world would I ever expect Steve to show up to pick her up to school the next day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she clearly had no idea what yeah. happened, so, like, I can't blame her for expecting that because it was probably, like, a routine that they had, yeah. but I'm just, like, in retrospect, I'm just like, that sounds really tough for you. <laughs> I, like, I can't blame her for expecting it, but I also, like, you got too drunk, and you got too mean, and... Now you suffer the hangover consequences of your actions, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah, I don't blame her for not knowing and for expecting him to be there. Mm -hmm. But also, like, once she heard what happened and how much she hurt him, whether she meant it or not, she should not still be angry about the fact that he didn't show up to pick her up. Because in no world would Steve ever do that now. Right. So, um, he's like, oh, I thought Jonathan would take you, which honestly, like is a pretty good guess. And if not, like, Karen? Guys, can Nancy drive? I don't, I don't think I we don't ever think so. seen Nancy Probably drive. Probably not. I mean, Jonathan and Steve always she drive have a car. places. Because she didn't drive in season one either, because Barb drove. Yep. Right, yeah. And in season three, she's always in the passenger seat with Jonathan, I yeah. think. Yeah, I don't think Nancy could drive. Interesting. Well, she's a kid. I guess that's fine. Yeah. I couldn't drive in high school. I didn't drive until I finished college. I started driving sophomore year. <laughs> but I saw, I, I witnessed a car crash at eight years old, and so that was just, like, not my thing. Fair. Yeah. So, Nancy says that she remembers Steve taking her home, but it was actually her other boyfriend, Jonathan, who did that. And I think it's kind of, like, I understand that she doesn't remember. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm just saying, she says, then you took me home. She remembers him taking her home. But I just wanted to point out the fact that when Jonathan took her home, she literally mumbled Jonathan. Yeah. Like, she, know, like she knows. At the, t- at the time, mm-hmm. she knew it was Jonathan. She said Jonathan's name out loud. Yeah. But now... Or she, like, wanted it to be Jonathan or whatever. Can you imagine, oh, how much that would suck? Yeah, if it had, if it been, had Steve, been Steve. And he, she goes, she said Jonathan. Jonathan? And he goes, alrighty. Yeah. <laughs> well, great. So, Steve says apparently they killed Barb, and he doesn't care because he's bullshit, and also, she doesn't love him. She doesn't. I, I it's obvious. Listen, I talk about how much I love Joe Keery all the time. Y'all have been here, y'all have been here at this podcast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We've been here for a while, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one of, like, two scenes that Steve is in all episode, Mm -hmm. but, like, I just, like, I feel the hurt from him, and, and also, but in a perfectly, like, teen boy way. Because instead of being like, which, which he was in the bathroom last episode, you, mm-hmm. can, you like he was more like ac- he was accessing his emotions more, and obviously now after he's already put up a wall because she heard him, and he's at school, and he was literally just playing a sport. He's like, I'm a manly man, and so instead of being like, Nancy, you really hurt me, and these are all the things that happened. Did you did you mean it? Did this like what happened here? Instead, he goes here. These are all the things that I'm listing off that you hurt me, and also um you don't love me. That's it's yeah. like, <laughs> but you can't blame him for it. Totally, yeah. And, and, but it's like so real. It's very realistic. Yeah, because yeah. like when human beings are upset, sometimes we can react like logically, and sometimes we just don't. And he's been sitting on this all night. That, and I wrote that down yeah, too. He's, he's yeah. probably stayed up. 
all night yeah. thinking about e- the exact words that she said. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, over and over and over again. And then he went to school and he couldn't get any of that aggression out through physical activity mm-hmm. because some asshole came up and decided to start, like, a pissing contest with him. Literally. So it's, like, all of that stress compounded by the fact that he was already pulled out of class and she thinks that he's in the wrong. Like, mm-hmm. that, oh, I just, like, I remember getting that angry at something. You're just like, oh, you think you have the high ground here? Every, Watch this. Every single episode, we start with the teen storyline, and then we talk not even about the details of the episode we just for, like, <laughs> 15 minutes, and then we keep going with the episode. And this never happens for any of the other ones, but it's because it's so visceral, it's so real right mm-hmm. now. And, like, you're totally right, like, Billy especially last episode and this episode, he's chosen Steve to target specifically. Yep. Because Steve's supposed to be the head honcho, even though Steve hasn't been interested in being the head honcho all year. He's threatened by by what he sees as an alpha male. Yeah, and Steve is like... Steve probably doesn't even think of himself as an alpha no, male. He's no. just like, bro, I'm a gamma, bro. I don't care. <laughs> he's literally, like, he's not even on the chart. He's just like, I left that whole life behind when I saw people die. Yeah. So, Thanks, grow so. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just like, I'm just trying to be nice to my girlfriend who doesn't even love me, so I'm having a hard time right I'm now. I'm having a bad day, but So, thanks. could you, like, go away? Yeah. I think the reason, like, we end up talking about stuff like this is because Stranger Things taps into those emotions that you remember as a teenager. Yeah. Like, you remember, like, just the live or die, like, extent of those emotions. And also, I think that, like, this is the most relatable um, storyline because the kid's storyline, I'm not a kid anymore and nothing like this ever happened to me when I was a kid. And with Hopper and everything- You never found an alien slug? I know. But with Hopper and everything, like, he's coming out and he's going and he's, like, in labs and he's punching people and, you know, I'm not a mom, so I don't really relate as much to Joyce either. And so, like, the teens are, like, who, like, I just feel, You remember the drama of it. I see them. I feel them, you know? Like, you absolutely remember the drama of being a teenager and everything in the world is, like, focused on whether or not, like, things are going to be okay for you. Yeah. 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 Every incident is life or death. Yeah, whose boyfriend is who? The fact that Steve calls Jonathan her other boyfriend. Like, how much has he been sitting on that, you know? Mm-hmm. You know it's been a paranoia of his the entire time, and one that he didn't voice. Headcanon. Yes. Headcanon. Okay. Steve left before Jonathan took Nancy home. Yes. Headcanon. Steve's sitting in his car waiting and sees Jonathan take Nancy outside. 100%. Yes. I don't think that's beyond the realm of How else would he know? Yeah. Unless somebody told him, which is also, like, fair. That's possible. possible. I like, mean, he had friends there. Yeah, like, people could have just... Oh, I was about to say people could have texted him about it, but no one like, I don't know. Actually, that was, like, one of my tech questions that I had was when Bob put on a vinyl, mm-hmm. did CDs exist then? Or Jim, or yeah, Hopper put on a vinyl? Oh, right, yeah. Hopper put on the vinyl, Bob had the videotape. Mm-hmm. But did they have CDs then? If we no, were in, if we were not in yet. Room, I would ask Alexa. Like, they were just, like, I'm coming. pretty sure CDs were, like, late 90s. When were CDs? No, CDs were early, early 90s. Whenever CDs were... Okay. 1982. Yeah. I was like, it has to be oh. earlier because of the wedding singer when he gives her the CD player. Oh. And also, Nancy says that her Walkman was broken. Okay, oh, so but, CDs existed. But but it doesn't... Don't Walkman create, like, ones for tapes? Oh, maybe. Oh, right. Also. But either way, like, this is his grandfather's cabin, so it makes sense that there wouldn't there, be yeah, any CDs yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so... He says, okay, fine, if you didn't mean it, then go ahead, just tell me you love me. And it's the only time in this conversation that he lets himself be, like, emotional or, like, be, like, put like t- put down the facade and he yeah. says, okay, do it. And he speaks very quietly mm-hmm. you can, so you can tell that he's, like, obviously, that there's, like, some sort of, like, wall. Mm-hmm. Does this make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so 
I just like am very interested in the micro expressions of Steve. Mm. Because he's a good actor. Yeah, yeah, he gets it. So yeah, bro just wants validation. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? And um, so the guy from gym class runs out and he goes, Steve, we need you. Come on. And it's the guy who was drinking pure fuel last uh, last uh, episode. And I just, I, I'm just surprised he's at school today because he seemed <laughs> real hammered. Teenagers can recover so much faster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your hangovers are not nearly as killer when you're a teenager. Mm-hmm. So Nancy um, has lunch with Jonathan, obviously, because she's not having lunch with Steve. Um, and... I think that you have to rate Jonathan low on how much Jonathan sucks again this episode because he genuinely, like, tries to fix their relationship because Nancy's, like, I don't remember exactly what she says, but John, but Jonathan tells Nancy that Steve asked him to drive her home when he didn't. Yeah. I, I was noticing that as well. I I was, like, was like, trying to make her more sympathetic to Steve, mm-hmm. even though... He clearly wants Nancy for himself. Yeah. But he's not gonna, like, be a complete dick. He'll be objective about it. Yeah. Yeah. I genuinely wish that I found Nancy and Jonathan more compelling. I sure don't, though. I I don't really... I I don't think they're that bad. I think that the problem is that everything else during the season was more interesting, and so every time that they, like, were doing their thing, I was like, okay, can we skip through it? Because I... Like, it just doesn't matter as much as everything else. Yeah. But, like, God... If I did ship Nancy and Jonathan, the slow burn is is pretty good. Yeah, I like, think, if it's something that you're into, this would be a gift. Yeah. I'm just not. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. I'm just, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, it's just not... Your cup of tea? My, yeah, it's just not my cup of tea. The fact that, like, I've already got a slow burn on this show, you know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> yeah. Stand the adults for clear skin. And it's like, I think part of why I didn't care, I and slash don't care about them, like, as a couple, is because their inception is, like, so rooted in, like, justice for Barb, and I was just so bored by that, Mm -hmm. so I didn't care. (laughs) I, and also, like, we talked about this in our season three, like, long podcast, but, like, the whole thing with Murray this season with Nancy and Jonathan is, like, he's talking about their relationship, and it's, like, gross, because we're, like, these are teens, like, sir, why are you so creepy? But when he does it with Jopper in season four, we're like, finally, someone's saying what we've all been saying. But it makes sense when he does it with Jopper Mm -hmm. because they're all adults. Yeah. And I would say, like, without, like, the Murray stuff, which is, like, if you take all of the weirdness out of it, is, like, kind of funny. And, like, the whole thing where they're, like, hmm, later, and then they they come together, and then they, like, kiss or whatever. I'm like, oh, man, if this was anybody else, I would love this. Yeah. You know, like, the scene is so good. But it also is, like, it's, it, there's just, like, a tinge of, like, kind of gross because of, because of Murray, and then, like, the next morning, they make, like, the pull-out joke, and I'm like, Ugh, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, Ugh. anyway. There's also, somebody, like, <laughs> somebody write a fan fiction where it's, where that exact scene happens, but for somebody else. Yeah, but for like, Jopper. Jopper. Teen, teen Jopper, please. Teen Jopper. Yeah. I'm, my, literally, my entire problem with their relationship boils down to, I'm almost never interested in their plot lines, Mm -hmm. and I don't really like Jonathan. Right. Yeah, I'm not, I'm just not a fan of Jonathan. I love Nancy's, like, season three arc, Mm. I think is really good, and I like her season one arc, but I, I just, uh, season two is a little rough. As Jonathan's advocate, I would say that I don't, 
dislike Jonathan. I think there's a lot of things to like about Jonathan. Mm -hmm. He's just not as interesting as the other characters on the show. Yeah, I think that's, like, my whole thing is, like, it's, just because I don't like Jonathan doesn't mean I'm gonna, like, talk a whole bunch of crap about him unless he truly deserves it, like, Mm -hmm. with the creepy pictures. And and with Billy. Yeah, because it's, like, important for us, and we do this on our Hunter podcast, too, is, like, even if we don't like a character, we will never, like, sit there and, like, relentlessly bash on them and find ways to, like, twist the narrative to hate them. Um, so... We will never, like, sit there and be like, Jonathan sucks! Like, that's that's not what we're about. Like, I don't... I don't even know how to spell that. I don't dislike... I hate you. <laughs> I don't dislike Jonathan. I just don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I like him... I like him with Will. I really yes. love him with Will. I, I like love when he's with his family. When he's with his family, he's great. Yeah. Like, there's some really good, like, buyer's family content towards the end of this season that I'm excited to talk Same. about. yeah. So. so Jonathan is trying to fix Nancy's relationship with Steve, basically saying it's okay because you didn't mean it so you can repair it. And Nancy is like, okay, well, here's the thing. I think I might have meant it. Oof. And Jonathan's like, man, I wish I didn't have so much hope in my heart. <laughs> yeah. My whole thing with that is do you think that he was also kind of testing the waters to be like, oh, did she mean it? Right. I don't know. Hmm. Like, not in a bad faith way yeah. where I'm like, oh, did Jonathan have an agenda? But do you think, like, as someone who probably is in inherently hopeful that, like, one day he would get to be with her. Yeah. He'd kind of be like, oh, this might be interesting. Mm-hmm. I think you could read it that way. Yeah. So, Jonathan relates to, like, them both having, like, this heaviness or whatever. I think hers definitely stems from Barb, and his stems from... Will. Will, except Will is, like, here. And I think that, like, at some point he and Nancy have a conversation about that. He also has divorced parents, and his yeah. dad is clearly a piece of crap. So yeah. you can see, like... I- as a child of divorce, I can successfully say that you do carry your parents' divorce with you. Right. Yeah, so Will did come home, but he's not the same, which we'll talk about with Phineas Gage mm-hmm. in the um, kid storyline. Uh, they talk about how the people who are responsible are still around and they need to get back at them. Then she has an idea about Radio Shack, which she's going to go and like buy a telephone, I guess. They're going to skip fourth period. They pretend that they're studying. I guess they bought the phone, but they can't talk on the phone because they're listening. Imagine having to go to Radio Shack. What an old-timey sentence. Yeah. <laughs> to buy a phone. Like, every yeah. part of that was an old-timey sentence. Right. We talked a whole lot about Billy and Steve, and then um, then we talked about the scene where they're talking about Steve, um, and then we have a scene that's just about Nancy and Jonathan, and I don't have any thoughts. What, what scene is that? The scene where they go to Radio Shack and then they call Barb's mom. Oh, yeah, I, tr- I truly don't have any thoughts other than... I like that they have a good and altruistic mission that eventually will get... Justice for someone who died unfairly. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, this is, like, the the spark of, like, the rest of their arc this season. Yeah, And so yeah. there's not a lot to talk about it right now. So now we're going to do my other segment that happens in the middle of the show, which <laughs> is called, Uh, Actually, which is basically just when I go on IMDb into the goofs section and I see what crazy things people who watch this show have pointed out about very, very small minor details. Basically, people nitpicking mm-hmm. because they don't have hobbies. There, there's really not that many this episode, which is which is great. Which is kind of surprising because there was a lot of tech talk in this episode. Yeah, I think I have four. Okay. Um, the genus Indirana of Indirana semipalmata tadpole species, mentioned by Dustin, is described only in 1986. Okay. Prior to that, it was called Rana Semipalmata. Therefore, mentioning the genus Indorana would not sync with the timeline of the series plot since it's mostly set in the early 1980s. Nerds. Yeah. It's okay to be science nerds, though. Yeah. 
Uh, actually, the water tower near the school has cell phone antennas, which were not common usage until the late 1990s. Boo! Leave the VFX artists alone! I think that one's kind of fair, but also, like, that you're a little... The, the, calm down. Yeah, like, just... Suck it up. Uh, actually, when flipping through the crate of albums in the cabin, Hopper settles on Jim Croce. Sure. C-R-O-C-E. Croce. I think you're right. Okay. After bypassing Pink Floyd's The Dark Side of the Moon and Super Tramp's 1970 debut, the creative team clearly wants to place the collection and the cabin squarely in the early 1970s, roughly 10 years prior to the events of this episode, which is in 1984. However, the addition of Dark Side used here is a later release, the Mobile Fidelity Sound Lab version, first released in 1979. Also, there's a price tag on the cover, which clearly shows that the album was purchased at a tag sale or some other used LP store. So that was an oops. Uh, while the record shown existed in the world of the film, it would have only been three or four years old at that point and would only have been known by audiophiles and superfans. It mostly, it's most certainly would not have shown the wear and tear evidenced here, so it's likely it was purchased at a, as a prop at a used record store by the creative team without realizing it was a later re-release. I mean, yeah, that's an oops, but also, like, that's kind of cool that, like, they, they still went to that like, bother to go to a tag sale and pick it up. Like, I like that. Yeah, I I think that the fact that it's a re-release, like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's totally fair. But the my thing that I think is funny is the fact that they left the tag on there that makes that so you can tell they got it at some sort of tag sale. That, <laughs> yeah. That's why I think it's funny. Um, okay, last one. Uh, actually, Steve's teammate refers to the new guy as a douchebag. People in the early 1980s did not use this insult. This particular put-down didn't enter common use until the early 2000s. Okay, first of all, disagree, because my mom used douchebag in the 80s. Okay. So I call bull. Alright! I, I think the use of the word douchebag as an insult is entirely regional. Okay. Yeah. Those are my thoughts on that. Alright, so Canada, ahead of the times. Almost always. <laughs> we invented basketball. Chris has sent us how to actually pronounce. Oh, great. If we would like to. I would, I'm going to listen. Yeah, go ahead. Croce. We were very wrong. Hey, I, f- I feel like that was like a really good guess though. Okay, here's what our friend Chris um, uh, sent us, if you can hear it. Croce. That's our friend Chris. At Croce. some point, she and I were separated at birth. Mm. We mm-hmm. are convinced of this. Okay. She uh, She's a Stranger Things aficionado honestly mm-hmm. and an audiophile yeah um and a queen of all things classic music yeah she's a classic rock yeah yeah, yeah and also rock. she loves jim hopper so mm-hmm. she yeah cool so now we're gonna move into team adults and 11 okay okay don't follow chris's twitter though because she will say really nasty things about david harbour follow, follow chris. chris's twitter because she says really nasty things about david harbour <laughs> what is it right now can, is it still, your, still your dear old dad at your dear old dad. And by nasty, I mean, like, explicit. Not nasty as in she hates him. Mm. Um, so, as usual with, like, these first couple episodes, we jump back and forth in the timeline between Eleven and Hopper and Eleven and Hopper. Mm -hmm. So, I'm gonna try and differentiate, but if I don't, um, oh well. (laughs) So, in the past, Hopper refills Eleven Ego Drop. He sees her out in the woods. In the present, he wakes her up, but she's still super mad at him. He successfully lures her out of her room with a ton of egos, which is also how you get me out of bed. Hopper promises her that she'll get to see Mike soon, but that's not good enough for her because she's a teenage girl with feelings. Joyce asks Jonathan to take Will to school, but he doesn't want to, so Bob volunteers. Hopper goes over evidence with his dumbass deputy. So he figures out a pattern in the rotting plant life and bounces. Eleven contemplates leaving the house. She remembers when Hopper brought her there the first time. It was her first home. He played records for her and they jammed while cleaning out the house. He also taught her Morse code so that they communicate and built traps to keep her safe. He gave her rules to keep her safe also, which she breaks in the present, which kind of like makes me want to 
okay, but whatever. Bob visits Joyce at work for lunch. He tells her that he thinks he's starting to feel like a part of the family. He also says he saw a video on the video camera of older kids bullying Will. He relates to Will a lot because neither of them fight back. Hopper tells the scientist guy at the lab that he, I don't know what the scientist guy's name is. Dr. Owens. Cool. I will continue to call him the scientist guy. Okay. Okay. Hopper tells the scientist guy at the lab that he sees the there's a pattern that leads back to the lab. He won't let them do anything else at the town, so they better convince him that they're not responsible for the damage. In the past, Hopper reads to Elle and tells her that she has a mother, but that she's not around anymore. Elle remembers that as she comes across a mother and her child. She wants to know where the school is. She makes a swing just go like freaking crazy and then bounces. Joyce goes home to find the video of the bullies. Bob helps her with tech support to watch it on the TV properly. She finds the footage of the bullies and sees huge scary things in the sky in the footage. She traces that and recognizes it from one of Will's drawings. Why didn't she just grab that in the first place? They... Hopper succeeds in bullying the lab into testing the fields. One of the deputies calls and unintentionally tells Hop that Eleven Super ran away. Joyce calls the school to find out the AV club was canceled, so she books it there. So, as I said in my notes, my first note was, Joyce, why did you have to trace it? Why couldn't you just grab the drawing? Because she needs to to make sure it's the same. Yeah. But you could just also hold it up. Well, she can't tell right now because it's all like... Yeah, she, she can't tell what it is, so she traces it. Okay. And then she realizes it's the same and then compares it. Okay. It's like, that looks similar, potentially. Can you imagine just having a roll of tracing paper? Or Isn't it just parchment, parchment paper? paper? I thought it was tracing paper. I mean, no. you can use parchment paper to trace. This changes things. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just parchment paper. She gets it out of the kitchen. Okay. Then I actually have no criticism. Thank you. I think that basically what happens is that, like, she's like, oh, I see a... I see a shape, so then she traces it, and then she looks at the tracing and then goes, oh, this looks familiar. Yeah, she has to contextualize it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I have no notes. Okay, so Eleven sees that Hopper is leaving her food and decides to show herself. Is this a flashback or a dream or a little bit of both? Flashback. Flashback. Okay, cool. Um, she's still angry with him, but he knows that she loves egos, so she goes to eat the egos because she <laughs> loves egos. Every time I get frustrated with her just being the way she is, I'm like, she has no context for how to be a teenage girl. The only context that she has is watching movies and television where women were depicted doing things like this. Yeah. Yep. So every time I'm like, Elle, why do you have, like, such anger and such internalized misogyny? I'm like, because that's all she was consuming. Especially in the 80s. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. The fact that Hopper didn't call Joyce immediately and be like, help, I am trying to raise a teenage girl is a crime, basically. Joyce yeah. would be like, I, I haven't raised a teenage girl either. But, but I was a teenage yes, girl. yes. Um, so Hopper said a few episodes ago, no dessert for breakfast, but he's trying to apologize, so he's allowing dessert for breakfast. Mm-hmm. He's a good dad. Like, it, it it must be just such a heavy load to know that you are always one step ahead of fight, having this child found out and tortured for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think it depends on, like, your life experience watching the show, whether you relate to Elle or to Hopper. Mm-hmm. 100% I relate to Hopper. Well, yeah, that's another thing is that it's, like, it's not even, you know, you're, like... I lock the door and then my dog can't get out, you know? So now I don't have to worry about my dog. It's like Eleven is her own person and she's even almost a little bit more than a person because she has more, she can do more than... But she has no life experience. Exactly. But like that's the problem is that he has to like lay down these ground rules and just hope that she follows them Mm -hmm. because you can lay down rules for your dog but you can also lock the door so that the dog literally can't get out. But with Eleven, she has to actively be following your rules for nothing bad to happen. And when you're Hopper, you're like, I know that if she follows all these rules, everything will be okay. But I don't know if she's going to follow all the rules. And if you want to, like, follow that dog metaphor, of course, Eleven isn't a dog, Yes, yeah, right. 
but it's, it's, you can lock the door, but if the dog gets out, it's not that something might happen, it's that the dog will die. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Almost certainly. Yeah. Like, there are just so many bad things that could happen to the dog. Yeah. So, what I did really appreciate is that Hopper offers to go and check on Michael. Yeah, I thought that was a good yeah. gesture, too. But she says no. I think it would hurt to know that he could see her, mm-hmm. he could see Mike and she can't. Right. Yeah. Well, that's sad. So he says that she'll see him soon, and apparently he says soon way too often, and so she gets upset. He says, he notices that she seems to be counting the days like a prisoner, and in her mind, it kind of does feel like she's a prisoner, but in his Mm -hmm. mind, he's doing his best, and he doesn't want her to feel like a prisoner, so that hurts his feelings, even though it's a little bit true. It's the princess in the castle. Yeah. The princess feels trapped, but someone else thinks they're protecting the princess. Yeah, the princess won't, the princess will be safe in the tower, and if the princess leaves the tower, she's not safe anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you can't keep her caged up, and he obviously, he did what he thought was best, but that doesn't mean that it was best. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she throws his breakfast on, on him, and then they're sad. I guess that it was only 4,000 calories then. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on to the next scene, uh, Callahan and Powell, they stopped looking because it was dark. They're such morons. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Hopper notices that all of the thing, like, the rotting places are, it's, like, a, making a target, a, yeah. basically, to the mm-hmm. lab. We get another flashback. Stop me if you guys have thoughts. Okay. We get another flashback, and it's really sweet because he, like, knocks his boots on the door frame because they're snowy, and then she mm-hmm. immediately, like, mimics him. Yeah. Because she doesn't really have any, like, good role models. Yeah. Do you think that some She's of Elle's like, oh, anger... I- is mirrored from Hopper's anger? Maybe, but I don't know if Elle sees Hopper's anger a lot. Oh, okay, fair enough. He says that his granddad used to live in the cabin. He just uses it for storage now, but when they fix it up, it can be her house. Her first home. She never had one before. Not really. Not one that people knew she was living in. Yeah, not one that was comfortable. So then they get to listen to Don't Mess Around with Jim, and it's the iconic Hopper dance that became a meme, which is great. We have no choice but to stand. I was. We were literally watching it, and I was like, Remember when this became Hopper dancing to your favorite song all over your timeline? Mm -hmm. Good stuff. So then we have a cleaning montage. He's teaching her Morse code. They set up the tripwire. And as he's telling her about the rules, we get her breaking the rules in real time. Um, She opens the curtains. She opens the door. They talk about the secret knock. Don't go alone, especially in the day. They're called the don't be stupid rules. And she's like, I don't give a crap about any of this. I'm... I'm gonna go be stupid. I'm gonna go be stupid. Except to her, she's not being stupid. It's, like, weird because she's, like, what does she say? To her, it must be liberating. I think she says something, like... She says we are not stupid. Yeah, we're not stupid. Yeah. And it's, like, well, he's not saying you're stupid. He's just saying it would be stupid to do these things, you know? Like, at no point is the stupid rule saying, if you do this, you're stupid. You're just saying it would be stupid to do these things. And I think there's a difference. Yeah. But, of course, to someone who has little to no emotional development... Same thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Bob brings Joyce lunch, and he, it's so cute. He says that he's sorry if he overstepped about moving away. He's like immediately apologizing about it. Yeah. Yep. Like not not in the morning, but I guess he thinks about it, and then he brings her. It, and like one of the first things he says to her is that he's he's sorry if he like overstepped. He's, he's a really a good person. Yes. He's such a good guy. He says that he feels like he's connecting with Will, not necessarily Jonathan, but he's connecting with Will. And I'm like, that's okay, Jonathan's a teenager, (laughs) and it's hard to connect with people. Yeah, which, like, it makes more sense that he would connect with Will, too, because he and Will are more alike, I think, Mm -hmm. than he and Jonathan. Yeah. And Jonathan is all, like, broody and angsty. Uh, That moment really was, I was just like, Jonathan, you know your dad sucks. Like, he has categorical knowledge that his actual father 
Which moment? Is a dick. When he's, like, he's staying over now. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And I'm like... It's not about that. And I'm just like, what? Yeah, it's not... Your mom deserves nice things. Mm -hmm. It's not about that. It's about they have their own unit, and now a stranger has entered it. And now he doesn't know whether or not he can trust that stranger. Mm -hmm. Like, my experience with, like, having step-parents is very much you resent them because you don't know if you can trust them. and Because it's like, when are you going to leave? It's very much like... Eventually you're going to Like, eventually you're going to leave, so why don't you just do it now, and I'll just push you away, because I know that you're going to bail, just like the first one did. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, Bob proves he's not that guy, but to Mm -hmm. Jonathan, he doesn't know that. Right. So, Bob mentions that his video camera got a little bit... a little bit dinged up, and that's totally fine. Like, it's okay. It's just that it seemed like people are bullying Will, and so maybe you need to address that. Then she, of course, gets really upset, and he says that he really loves that she's, like, a fighter and that she fights back because he was never that guy. Because bullies take advantage of people like him, and, like, like he and, like, Will. It's very much a role reversal with them. Mm -hmm. I like it. It's not, like, your traditional, like... With Bob and Joyce? Yes. Yeah. Like, she's the... She's She's the the badass. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And he says maybe it's, like, about power or something, and it's like, man, this man has had years to reflect on why people bullied him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? The cool thing about it being Sean Astin is that I don't think any other actor could have carried this off and not made me want to roll my eyes. Mm. Yeah. Because the lines that he's given are quite heavy-handed. Right. He's But Sean Astin does, does like, sort of, like, genuineness. Yeah. Gen- What's the word I'm actually There's definitely for? a word. Ingenuity? Nope. No, that's different. Authenticity? Yeah, but what's the word with genuine? Wait, what do I even search for that? I need to know now. Yeah. Search variations of genuine. Okay. Genuineness. Oh. Okay. It is genuineness. Well, that Miriam Webster uses the word genuineness, so... Guys, we're not illiterate. Yeah, I guess that's it. Is genuity... Is genuinuity a real word? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so was this, this genuinuity a real word? What's another word for genuineness? Candor, frankness, honesty openness, sincerity? Maybe. I don't know. I think sincerity is good. Regardless, Sean Astin is, he has a very genuine performance. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he makes you believe that Bob is, is just sincere and kind and all of these good things. And it works because, and I think there's just something about him in like all the roles I can never remember watching him in from like Goonies to Lord of the Rings to this is just you believe him. He's kind. Yeah. Yeah. And he has kind eyes and a kind voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with Bob here, he doesn't like take out the fact that he was bullied on anybody else. Mm-hmm. He just learns and grows from it and like has learned how to handle it and help other people who were in, are in the same position. Mm-hmm. Even though like he was victimized, I don't think he thinks of himself so like he may think of himself as a victim, but that doesn't define him. He's just sort of, like, almost melancholy about it. He's just yeah. like, yeah, like, that's kind of how it was, and I didn't do anything to do it, and maybe I'm a little ashamed of that, but I also empathize with this kid who might not be able to do anything about it either. Like, he makes you feel bad for him, but it doesn't, you, you don't just sit there and go, ugh, the yeah. whole time. He's such a good actor. And also now he's like, and guess what? None of that even matters anymore. Because, exactly! Because I'm dating Joyce Byers now. He's an eternal yeah. optimist. Mm-hmm. So I looked up Joyce's name. Lonnie's last name is Byers? So yes. her name would have been something else. He wouldn't have known her as Joyce Byers. Oh, yeah. Um, We never really learn what her maiden name is, but... Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's, like, a detail that doesn't really matter that much. I just think it's 
I wish we had gotten her her maiden name. Like in this moment, would have been a really great moment to have gotten it. Yeah, because he would have been like, I, I, I'm dating Joyce. I wonder if the writers even thought about that. Probably not. It's just like such second nature for her to be Joyce Byers. Yeah, probably not. But um, yeah, that's not how he would have known her. So it's a little weird if you put some. Well, I imagine. He he never moved anywhere, and neither did she. Right. So, like, if he still had a crush on her, like, after she got married, it, I guess it kind of makes sense. Sure. But he, yeah, he could know her like that. I guess my thing is, like, the way that I see it is, like, when he's saying it, he's talking about, like, in high yeah. school, when I was the nerd and you were the popular girl, now I'm dating the popular girl, you know? Yeah. Oh, fully, fully. So it's, like... I don't. I just feel like this would have been a really good opportunity for them to bring in her maiden name because I think that that's what they're bringing it back to. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I looked. I looked it up on Stranger Things wiki and I didn't find anything. But Chris just said that they've never done it either. But no? okay. in fact, fan fiction they use Horowitz because that's Winona's actual real last name. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. So. Hopper figures out the target thing. He immediately goes to confront Owens. Owens is, like, certain that it's contained, and this rot is, like, impossible. And you're like, wow, are you sure about that? Yeah. Are you sure about that? Hopper's like, okay, well, you're gonna go do tests. And and Owens is like, I don't think I'm going to. And Hopper's like, I think you will. I think you will. That's, like, the first sign of, like, season three Hopper. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, I think you're gonna do whatever I tell you to, because I'm mean and loud. Yeah. I'm just mean and loud. So Hopper's like, I keep this quiet for you. I don't do anything wrong. And so you're going to do things when I say that you're going to do things. He literally is asking for the bare minimum. So I guess this is the thing of like when he got into the car at the end of last up or last season. This is like supposed to be the thing where he like has a agreement with the the lab and everything. Yeah. And it's like he helps keep it quiet and they help Will. Right. So Eleven comes upon like this little girl swinging with her mom, and we get another flashback to Hopper reading her uh, Anne of Green Gables, which is what he read to Sarah at the end of last season. So I'm sad. that's like a thing that he does where he reads Anne of Green Gables to his daughter figures. Yeah, I'm like, I think part of Hopper's obsession with like keeping Elle safe 100% has to do with Sarah. Yeah. Oh, oh for sure. Fully. For like sure. to an extent where he he goes overboard because it's like, well, I have to keep Sarah safe. Yeah. It's yeah. Like it's a different kid. Yeah. And, well, he's just so scared from already having lost a kid mm-hmm. that he, like, goes into hyper-protective mode, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even tell Joyce, which I've just, every time I watch season two, I'm just like, you should have told Joyce! <laughs> well, and another thing is, like, that's why he's so confused next season is because, like, Sarah never got that, that old, so he didn't have yeah. the opportunity to, like, learn about these sort of things. Yeah, and he never, he never had to deal with a teenage boy, and his teenage girl mm-hmm. liking teenage boys. Yeah. Teenage girls are sneaky. Can confirm. <laughs> so Eleven asks about her mother and Hopper is literally as kind as he possibly can be yeah. about it. But of course she's still upset and so she just like silently cries about her mom while he continues to read to her. Yeah, I was like, he is not equipped to be able to have these conversations. And the like excerpt he's reading about is like about nobody wanting her and like her feeling like alone and stuff. And I'm like, mm. You're like, this is too on the nose, man. Yeah. Read so, her something happy. Read sir, her an Archie comic. Sir, maybe pick a different book. Yeah. So Eleven like wakes up from her flashback and the mom from the swing um, is trying to help her. Eleven makes the swing go round and round and round, and then she, like, runs away. And I guess this is probably, like, the first time she's seen other people in, like, a year. Oof. Joyce is having a hard time watching the tape from the video camera, and you know what? It is pretty hard. 
So. Oh, yeah. It's not just, like, a mom thing. I was sitting there and I was like, I was that person who had to, like, figure out all the coaxial cables and stuff in the family. Yeah. So I'm like, (laughs) yeah, all of that makes sense to me. But to remember when we had to do crap like that? Mm -hmm. And now it's just, ugh, does that airplay work right now? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're on the wrong input. (laughs) We have to change the input. Change the HDMI. Somebody. (laughs) The single cord that we need now. My next note is just kids suck. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she traces the mind flare. We talked about it. Here's the thing. Will is seeing the mind flare. You're mm. with me? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. could just all be in Will's head. But you know what doesn't lie? Cameras. Yep. And the camera legit picked up the mind flare. Yep. So you know why. it's real. Yeah. Like, why can the camera see into another dimension? Well, I think it's like a radiation type thing, right? And like, it's slipping between dimensions anyway. Especially in that moment. Yeah. What, the, the mind flayer is slipping between dimensions? Yeah, because yeah, that's how it, like, it uses will to slip between dimensions. So, like, when, I think, when he and, when it and will are connected, it is kind of in our dimension, but other people can't see it. Yeah. And, like, then he uses will to, like, as a body as as we go forward. I wish they'd done a little bit more with the mind flayer stuff. Like, really given, like, a bigger voice to the mind flayer. Like, have it be a bigger presence. Because we mostly just saw it through will. Yeah. I think it I, works yeah, I, later on in the season. Yeah, I think I we're agree. just getting into it right now. Yeah. But later in the season, I think it works. I think for some of the Mind Flayer stuff, I always was left wanting, and then season three delivered more on that, where it was like a literal big physical, like, yeah. big old monster. And I think that's what I wanted from season two and didn't get. Which is funny, because when that happened in season three, I was like, I don't want this. This is too scary for me. I <laughs> did want that. Yeah. I was like, yay. Show me the beast. I like both. So Hopper says, please do the tests. And Owen says, no. And you know what that reminds me of? That TikTok sound that's like, bonk, move. No. And she said, no. I said, move. She said, no. (laughs) Bitch, move. (laughs) She moves. (laughs) (laughs) So Hopper's saying, do the tests. And Owen's just like, she moves. (laughs) So she does the tests. And he's like, okay, well, anyway, we're doing the tests. Um, just keep it clear for us, okay? And Hopper's like, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, mm, I don't know. That sounds like that a sounds you problem. You. So Eleven is out now and Hopper knows. Yeah. Because they're like, hey, that Russian girl. And he's like, oh, no. Imagine if it was actually just a Russian girl. And at this point, like, Hopper starts to, like, legit run away because Owens at this point doesn't know about Eleven. Like, none of the people from the lab know about Eleven. What does Owens know? Right. You know? It's like, he's just like, doesn't know anything. He has his, like, blue stress ball and he just, like, hits it against things. And that's all, that's all he knows. <laughs> like, I think of them as deputy dumbasses for a reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Are you talking about the deputies? Yeah, isn't Owens one of the... De- oh, not Owens! Um, who's the freaking... Callahan and Powell? Callahan... Isn't Callahan the one that calls on the radio? One of them ca- calls. Yeah, one of them calls. Yeah, I'm just saying that, like, the, he's right beside the doctor when when they do call, and mm. so he, like, runs away from the doctor because the doctor doesn't know yes, about Yes, 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 sorry. Um, so Eleven is at the school. She sees Mike's bike. We're gonna talk about the whole Mike and Max scene in the other storyline. But, um, basically what happens is she sees him with Max. She feels really jealous about it. And the whole thing about her being jealous, but like the whole thing with Eleven and the jealousy thing and the whole thing about how, how would Eleven know that she's never been like, you know, and then, so we talked about that in previous episodes about like having gotten that from the television and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Eleven makes Max fall, which makes Mike help her up, which 
Basically, Eleven is manifesting stuff that she doesn't want. Yeah. Oh, And totally. she's manifesting it in her own brain because this isn't actually happening. Which yeah. Which is, like, kind of hurtful, but mm-hmm. okay. So she runs away, and then that's all of that. Joyce calls the school. There is no AV, AV club, and, of course, she's, like, a huge helicopter mom for good reason, and so she, like, books it. Yep. And I think the beginning of next episode is literally, like, her showing up and them, like, trying to save Will from, like, the garbage that's happening yeah. right now. It is. I love that yeah. scene. Um, and then the receptionist is so annoyed, she must call, like, all the time. She's like, oh my god, it's Joyce it's Byers Joyce again. again! Oh my god. <laughs> like, the eye roll yeah. to the other, like, office lady, and I'm just like, ma'am, she's just concerned. Like, at that point, it's like, you know who her kid is. Like, yeah. hello? If it was, like, just so, if it was, like, Dustin's mom, she'd be like, bro, Dustin is fine, he can take care of himself. Yeah. But, like, the fact that it's Will, she should understand, I feel like. Like, they literally held a funeral for this kid. You yeah. had a memorial service at the school. Yeah. Like, some sympathy? Where is it? Mm-hmm. She, like, Joyce knows your name. You probably were at the memorial. Have some, yeah, have some compassion. Cool. Can we move on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brittany, can you tell me about Patreon? Yeah, Patreon is a service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators. Tell me more! Well, like, if we're one of your favorite creators, like, if... Um, you could go to patreon.com slash theaffectionados and, like, join. What do I get if I do that? Okay, so for starting at literally a dollar a month, you get early access to our pods by, like, at least a day. And you get a postcard every year on our anniversary. That's awesome. Yeah, and we have, like, other rewards coming. We're just trying to work it out to, like, really mm, maximize your buck. Your single buck, because that's all it takes. It is hard times right now, Brittany. What if I can't donate? That's okay because, like, we're all going through it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, honestly, just tell your friends about our podcast and that's fine. Yeah. Is there anything else that is free that I could do? Um, you could, like, leave us a review on iTunes. That would be cool. Cool. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. Or join us on TV Co. every Tuesday at 7 p.m. where we live stream to talk about Riverdale. You could do that, too. If that's your thing. Yeah, if you like sure. Riverdale. Yeah. Cool, thanks. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to move on to the kids' storyline. Beep boop. Are we ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear you. <laughs> aye, aye, Captain. Oh! Who <laughs> lives in a cabin out in the woods? Hopper and Eleven. Jim? Hopper? There you go. I was really looking for a second syllable in Jim, and there really just wasn't one there. Bo. Jimothy. That's too many. Like, Jim, is, it, is, oh, his name James? is his name James? Is it James? Wait, is it? Jim is short for James. Yeah. Ask Chris, she would know. Is is Jim Helpert's first name James? I think so. Are some people just named Jim? I yeah, but can you imagine looking down at a baby and going, his name is Jim? Jim. Like, I feel like if you want to name your kid Jim, you name him James, and then you call him Jim. Fair. I'm gonna look it up. Let's see if it says on the Stranger Things wiki. I have an update. Yes. Jim Hopper's first name is James. Thank you. Thank you. I don't love that. Okay. I'm sorry. I like it. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Samantha, you're sorry. <clears throat> so Dustin gets home and he's definitely acting weird, but don't be suspicious. It's just a polywog ghost. Mom, don't ask me about it. He puts the li- <laughs> he puts it in his, in his lizard's house and feeds the little... Ma'am, Yurtle is a turtle! <laughs> Ma'am, Yurtle is a turtle! <laughs> I knew as I was reading that, I was like, it's not a lizard. What? Like, he's not even lizard-shaped, bro. He was a, he was a turtle, bro. Like, his name is Yurtle? Because it sounds like turtle. Anyway, he put... He, he, he evicts... <laughs> I'm not getting past this. He evicts his lizard turtle. <laughs> and, and puts the polywog in there. And feeds the little guy candy. 
The heat lamp is too hot. Wonder what that means. He names him after Dart, D'Artagnan, from the Three Musketeers, and they bond over nougat. And, uh, the thing starts growing in the middle of the night? Question mark? Dustin goes to the library to get every book ever on lizards and reptiles. He already got fi- five books, but so he can't check these out. Please uh, let him go on a curiosity journey, uh, library lady. Um, hey, look over there. And then he um, bolts with the books. Mm-hmm. Will gets a ride for, to school from Bob, who's staying over now, and shut up about it, Jonathan. He gives Will a good dad story about a time he was afraid as a kid. He was afraid of clowns, and he would always run from them in his dreams. He stopped the nightmares by standing up to Mr. Baldo and telling him to go away. Easy peasy. Max wants the tea on Will and why people call him zombie boy. Lucas is... Lucas is actually sharing because he's a real bro. Yep. Will feels singled out at school and Max is super curious about these weirdos. Dustin is late to class and he keeps making a ruckus, but he invites everybody to lunch in the AV club because it's really important. In the AV club, Dustin shows them Dart and they think... He's cool, but also gross. Dustin is pretty sure that he's made a scientific discovery of a new species. It's pretty clear he's already in love with this thing. Will is uh, less in love with it. Cue trauma flashbacks. Mm-hmm. After class, the kids go The kids go to show Dart to Mr. Clark, but Will has reservations about it. He tells Mike, and Mike does the brave thing and interrupts everybody. Will tells the boys about it, how he saw something like Dart last year after he went into the Upside Down. They lock Max out because they can't tell her about the Upside Down. The kids argue about what to do with Dart. Max gets fed up with being kept out of the loop and starts to pick the lock. Dart makes a fuss and then uh, they let him out and he kind of evolves and he gets little leggies. Ew. And then he escapes when Max opens the door. Eleven shows up at school while the gang is searching for Dart and she has emotions over Mike's bike. The kids are searching all over for Dart to no avail. Mike thinks he might have some luck in the gym, but he all he finds is Max. They argue about why he doesn't want her in the party. He's a real brat about it because the only girl he ever knew disappeared. <laughs> Can't name one other girl. I'm definitely not related to him. <laughs> <laughs> the Duffer Brothers roll for sexism, and it's unfortunately effective. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, that's a really great joke. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Elsie's Max with- Nat 20 for sexism? (laughs) Yeah. Elsie's Max with Mike and gets the wrong idea. She's hella jealous and knocks Max off her skateboard. Mike has a feeling that Elle was nearby, but he doesn't find her. Will finds Dart in one of the bathrooms and Dart scares him. Spoopy things start happening all around him and he runs out into the football field because he's being chased by the smoke monster from Lost. Dustin finds Dart and hides him from the rest of the party. They can't find Will. Will tries to take Bob's advice and screams at the smoke monster to go away. The smoke monster rolls for initiative and it is... Oh, no. I can't... I was gonna make this joke twice, but it's it just doesn't work. Mm. Unfortunately, it is super ineffective and the smoke monster attacks and it surrounds him and consumes him. The end. Did the smoke smoke monster roll for initiative or will roll? I was for trying initiative? to say will rolls for initiative because oh. he's trying to stand up to it. Yes, and then it's super ineffective. Yeah, and then I stumbled over my words. Well, now we know. Now we know what the. Now we know what happened there. Thanks. All right. So, um, Dustin gets home and his mom can immediately tell that something's off with him. Mm-hmm. Clearly, they have a really good relationship. And clearly, like, normally on Halloween, he would come home and, like, be like, oh my god, we had such a good time, and tell her all about it, and, like, show him, show her his haul. Because yeah. I used to do that when I was a kid, and I never got to keep my caramels, because my mom would be like, get caramels. And I'd be like, but mm-hmm. I want them. And then as I got older, I would specifically, like, ask for caramels if I could see them so I could bring them home to my mommy. Oh, That's so cute. They were her favorite. It was the only candy that she liked. We would, um, me and my sister would dump all our candy out and then sort it and then barter and trade 
for yeah. what we preferred. Yeah. Um, Muse is immediately completely upset about about whatever's going on there, and I think that's foreshadowing. Oh, like poor. Muse gets it. Muse oh, knows. Poor Muse. Yeah. So from IMDb, there was a fun fact. Along with the many other references to the Alien franchise, Dustin's cat Muse looks exactly like Ripley's cat Jonesy, even featuring a shot of it hissing in the presence of danger. Oh, <gasps> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, so now we get Yertle, who is a turtle. Uh, sorry, what is he? A turtle. Interesting. My cousin has a turtle. That's cool. What kind of turtle? I don't know. Okay. Are you gonna ask me the more important question? I was about to ask it. What's the turtle's name? Franklin. Oh, that's a really good turtle name. My cousin said Mm -hmm. he smells really bad. Yeah. (laughs) Amphibians and reptiles just don't smell good, you know? Yeah. They just don't. Um, so it was really rude to evict Yertle, but it was nice to hear, I do believe next season they tell us that Yertle is in fact alive. Where did he live? I think he was just on the ground. I don't know. (laughs) Well, after Dart left the thing, like, I think Dustin takes him home secretly and puts him back in there, right? Yeah. Next episode? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's my next note. Where did he live while Dart was there? Um. Don't know. In the fridge! Yertle just hanging out in the room, crawling around. Launching. When I had hermit crabs sometimes they would get out Ew. and like crawl through the house and one time i had a sleepover and it somehow got all the way from my room to the living room which is a solid like at least 35 feet so and like hermit crabs are like an inch long why did you have hermit crabs it was cool okay uh, you, you never went name? you never went to the beach and was beach? like that's a that i want a i want a hermit crab i lived in alberta we don't you have went beaches. to Maui, Brittany. They don't have hermit crabs. That, do they have hermit crabs in Maui? Girl, I don't know. You're the one who's been there so many times. I played with, like, actual big crabs. Wow. What was its name? I didn't mean for that to sound bitchy. What was its name? <laughs> I can't remember. I'm very sorry. Clearly you didn't care that much about it. I, I just can't remember. I had hamsters. Their names were Lucy and whatever Lindsay's one was. I'll text my mom and ask if she knew. Oh, Lily. The, her, oh, yeah. Her first hamster was named Lily. And now and, her dog's name is Yeah, Lily. and Lucy ate Lily. <laughs> so anyway, speaking of names, um, he names him D'Artagnan, or Dart for short, obviously, Cute. from the Three Musketeers because it's their favorite candy bar. Um, but D'Artagnan isn't actually one of the Three Musketeers, which is <laughs> kind of weird. Oh. Like, D'Artagnan is one of the characters in the Three Musketeers, but he isn't one of the Three Musketeers. Oh, okay. He becomes a musketeer by the like at the end of the novel but he basically is like the fourth musketeer because there are already three musketeers that's kind of cute though so to elaborate there's some more information on imdb dustin names his creature d'artagnan after this three musketeers after his three musketeers candy bar this means he must be familiar with either the novel or one of its numerous film adaptations d'artagnan is not actually one of the title characters as he doesn't become a musketeer until late in the novel the musketeers in the title are athos porthos and aramis it actually makes sense because, like, he found Dart later, you know? I guess that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's way too hot in there, and obviously he likes the cold, so they're already like... Hey, here's have, a clue! This season, have we already gotten, like, some he hate... I don't think so yet. No. Get that? Yeah, no, yeah. it hasn't yeah. happened yet. Okay, but anyway, this is, like, the beginnings of that, basically. Yeah. So, like, before we even know that Will has been possessed, which we kind of do because, obviously the monster full-on inhabits his body at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, before we even know exactly what's going on there, we know that Will not liking hot things, like, we can already, like, put that together, kind yeah. of. So, Dustin is reading about reptiles, and, um, Dart is, like, already molting, basically. Ew! Yeah. Um, I don't like that word. Sorry. 
I'm just letting you know. Bob finds the car keys because he knows what's up. And uh, Jonathan didn't know Bob was here, which we've already talked about. Yeah. Bob offers to drive Will, and he calls his car the Bobmobile. He's such a dork. So Dustin goes to the library, and it says that you can vote there, which is good. I helped with the um with the national federal the federal election last year. You didn't help. You literally worked for them. Yeah, and I worked at. And my station was at one of the libraries in Vancouver. So it's that's cool. So that's um, realistic. That's be neat. And we get the librarian from last season, who is Marissa. Um, she used to date Hopper. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> who didn't? Dustin already has books out, so he steals them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. Chaotic. He needed them. It was an emergency. Did he lose the other books? Like, what? Maybe. No, he's just... He's just, like, he's not thinking about yeah. his books that he already has at home. Yeah. Also, kind of five-limit nonsense. It was probably put in place for people like Dustin. I just don't remember ever having a limit when I went to the library. I remember always being nervous that I was going to be overdue, but... I think that there definitely would ha- like, was a limit. You just never approached it, so you mm, never knew, you probably. know? Because I'm sure there are people out there... Like, I don't know, like, I think five is probably, like, Low a, it. Like it's a pretty small limit. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe that's how it was back in the 80s when they had, like, a limited amount of books, especially in a small town. I, there's a stack of books on my Instagram story. I want to go see how many I checked out, because I think that was the most I ever checked out okay. at one time. <coughs> this is not relevant, but. So, let, let us know when you get there. Of course. Um, so he talks about his curiosity voyage, which was mentioned last season. Apparently, going back to Will and Bob, Will walks around at night, walks around the the house, the house. at night, because um, I guess he can't sleep or he's sleepwalking or something. I thought it was that he was sleepwalking, which is so creepy, but... Well, it's interesting because you look at, you can kind of read it multiple ways because Bob says, like, was that you that I heard? And Will says, yeah, probably me. And oh, it's like, yeah. it's like, Will, if you're walking around, wouldn't you know, yeah, it's me? Mm. Because you're the one walking around? Like, does he say probably because, like, maybe Jonathan got up at some point? So Definitely it could have sleep- been Jonathan. It's sleepwalking. It has or, to be. Or or it could have been him. Like, does Will know that he sleepwalks if he does? Like, I don't know. He probably knows that he sleepwalks, but, like, does he, he can't know that he sleepwalks. Right. So, then we talk about Mr. Baldo, who is, like, his nightmare clown, basically. Um, and this is from IMDb. Uh, Bob gives a pep talk to Will and tells him about a scary clown, Baldo, who offered him a balloon at a fair and would scare him every night when he was a kid. This is a reference to Stephen King's novel and movie It and Pennywise the Clown. Also, also he mentions he grew up in the city of Maine. In the city of Maine? I got... This probably means state of Maine. Where the story of it took place. Nice. Indicating that he had an encounter with Pennywise. Yeah, and he also does, um, the voice he does is very Pennywise. Okay. Yeah. Like, when he does it, I was like, is this supposed to be a reference to Pennywise? Yeah. It's absolutely an homage to it. Okay. So he says, just yell, go away at him, and it'll work. And oh. you know what? It's not great advice, because Bob doesn't know, like, Joyce knows, Jonathan knows, everyone else in his family knows that this knows. isn't just a nightmare. Yeah. You know? Right. But Bob doesn't know, and so he gives him advice about nightmares. Yeah. Which is like, it's good advice. It's good advice for a nightmare, yeah. but it's not just a nightmare. It's a waking nightmare. Yeah. It was only five. It was only five books, huh? Uh, yeah. Wow. So who's to say? Who's to say? So Max is getting caught up on all of Will's, like, drama. Um, She's I, getting the tea. Yeah. I have a question for you guys. I have an answer. Do you guys think that it's chill of Lucas to be telling her this? Yes. Okay, tell it's me. It's common knowledge anyway. 
Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. If anything, she would be left out if she wasn't informed. Because, like, what if someone else told her, you know? Yeah, and they would tell her in, like, a uh, less not kind a, way. Exactly. Yeah. They wouldn't be, like, good-spirited, and they wouldn't be looking after Will's mental health like Lucas is. Like, right. he literally says, don't ask Will about this because it's hard for him to talk about. Right, yeah. Because yeah. if somebody else had told her, they she could have immediately just, like, turned around and been like, hey, I heard this about you. Exactly. It would have been way more damaging. Mm -hmm. So they go to class and they talk about Phineas Gage, who had a hen injury and it completely changed his personality. Is Will's, like, Jonathan says that Will is different, but, like, what is different about it? I would say that, like, if anybody is the most changed, it's probably Mike. It's definitely Mike. So... I think there's very there's a clear parallel being made between Will and Phineas yeah. Gage, but I'm mm-hmm. not really sure exactly where it goes. Well, Phineas, from our, what I remember, because like I was obsessed with this story, was that he was a lot more aggressive and cruel. Yeah. Afterwards, I think Will is a lot more closed off. Yeah. And panicky. Right. Like I think it's not so much like, like a change opposite. in personality, so much as just sort of dimming of a light. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would say that like yeah, closest to Phineas Gage would definitely be Mike. I feel. Like. Yeah. Just because, like, it's also that Mike is just a teenage boy, mm-hmm. you know? Like, he's just a normal teenage boy, and sometimes yeah. teenage boys are dicks. Yeah. Yeah. I know that we all have, like, this, like, sense of knowing, like, when somebody's looking at you, mm-hmm. but I liked the idea of, like, Will sensing and, and, like, could feel that Max was looking at him. Mm-hmm. That was, like, a really good detail, I feel like. Yeah. So, Dustin is late. He says, we're gonna meet at lunch, and also Max is invited, and, like, I know we don't see him, but can you just, like, see in your head when Dustin turns around to tell Max, Mike's face is probably like, ah! <laughs> Can you imagine, like, the fire in his eyes? And, like, being the teacher and, like, because, like, Dustin sits at the front. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the minute he sits down and starts gossiping, like, you just be standing there, like, lecturing in the corner of your eye, this little, like, kid that you like but is also kind of a dickhead sometimes is turning around talking to his friends yeah like that's so funny to me but then you say hey dustin and he goes yes my lord yeah like yes like because you know that he like i feel like they get a bit of leeway because they clearly respect him and i think that's also like part of why dustin thinks he can do it he's like exactly mr clark is just one another one of my friends i can turn around and tell my other friend that we have an important meeting because they were eventually gonna tell mr clark about it anyway right and totally because um later it's not like he's like mr he thinks mr clark's gonna steal my (laughs) steal my discovery like if he really thought of mr clark like as a teacher he'd be like, Mr. Clark will really appreciate this thing that I did. But instead he's just like, Mr. Clark's gonna try and steal my stuff because sometimes my friends steal my stuff. Yep. You know? (laughs) Yep. So now they go into the AV club and um, it's funny that like, Dustin's like, would you like to hold him? And Max is like, no. No. And and Dustin's like, here you go. And she's like, I would not. And he's still just trying to. (laughs) Dustin just assumes everyone wants to do what he wants to do. Um, imagine having to look through books for this information. God. And he finds it, but I'm like, God, how much, how much time did you, did you spend Well, looking? indexes. That's true. Yeah. That's but, true. But still. Still. Like, well, you can't even just, like, It's like, so much harder skim. than, yeah, like, you have to, like, read all of the, you can't control F. Yeah. People, oh. people and computers that digitize content to put online and who provide content for us to be easily searchable. You are the heroes of this world, mm-hmm. and oh, I want you totally. to know it. Even if yeah. you're a computer, know that I respect you. Yeah. <laughs> I, you're an AI at this point. You know. You understand. Yeah. So he runs away from the light unlike normal reptiles, so that's interesting. He talks about how he discovered a new species, but Will recognizes it. We all know why. So separately, Will confides in Mike, 
And we've talked a lot about the relationship between Will and Mike. This mm-hmm. is what I like already. Mike most. Yeah. yeah. Um, we talked a lot about it last episode, so I this is, like, a pretty small piece. I don't think we need to go into it no. again. So they're about to show Mr. Clark, and then Mike runs in and is just like, never mind, we have to leave. And Mr. Clark's like, I'm so interested. And now he's like, <laughs> I will never know. Mike is like, <laughs> literally, he says, like, it was a prank. And I'm like... He still probably would have loved that. Totally. Yeah. And, like, Mr. Clark, I feel like, would be like, oh, well, I didn't even get to see what the prank was. Yeah. It's like when Lindsay told me that she was going to play a prank on me, and then I didn't figure out what it was until today when she changed my Netflix icon. Oh, that's <laughs> what it was. And name to Captain Underpants. Gotcha. So. Um, Max is late, obviously, so Billy's just going to leave. And you know what? That's fine. Yep. Whatever. Like, the fine. thing is, like, if she had to walk, then, like, sure, because it seems like they're, they live, like, quite a bit far away but like she has a skateboard like she's probably fine you know 100 but like i still feel bad i was like yeah i'm always torn between being like that was such a dick move and being like that's the content she consumed that's what she knows yeah i guess like and also like last episode billy specifically said if you're late again i'm leaving without you Mm -hmm. so like as much as i dislike billy like he told her and so now he's gonna go yeah also like i don't think she wants to ride home with him anyway because the last time he took her home he almost ran over her new friends so she would probably rather skate home the bike and the skateboard and bikes and skateboards are superior anyway you know Yeah. yeah no one wants to ride in a car with a racist uh except for this random girl who probably feels with billy and you know it. Oh, fully. Because like, everybody in that school is right now, even though he's a piece of trash. Me. And so the fact that, like, she was chosen to, like, go to his house. Hey, girl, I'm so sorry. Like, she's like, is your sister going to show up? But, like, you know for a fact that they must have been waiting there for a long-ass time. Because if that was, like, the girls I went to high school with, you know that, like, she was sitting there and standing there with him and, like, just waiting there forever for people to see her standing there mm-hmm. waiting to go home with him. She wants everybody to see that. Oh, fully. She wants everyone to know she's the one going home with the new hot guy. And I would be like, I don't care. Plus, missed my bus. <laughs> Why'd you miss your bus, Brittany? Because I was with Billy, and I didn't, and I, it was a mistake, and I should go. <laughs> and then I'd call my mom and be like, Mommy, home from work yet? I missed my bus. And she'd be like, why? And I'd be like, I had attention because I wouldn't want to tell her that I was with a boy. Is that what happened? No, the real reason I say behind is because I had detention for real because I was messing around in band class. Okay. Because only really cool people get detention from being a dick in band class. <laughs> what did you do in band, Brittany? Um, I never paid attention, so I was, uh, con- I was dusted. I was constantly talking. Gotcha. Then Billy makes sure that it's very, very clear that Max is not his sister. What a cool person you are. Okay. It's like, okay, buddy, who cares? Sure. Be like, great, thanks. Um, you should definitely are coming out like the winner in this. Should definitely unload your weird, um, like, feelings about your stepsister on this, like, random girl you're trying to bone. <laughs> so, they go to the AV room, and Max is locked out because Mike doesn't want her to be there. Like, literally everybody else is fine with her being there, except for Mike. <sighs> and so true. Mike is forcing her to s- sit outside, which is stupid. The thing is, if I was uncomfortable with someone new being around, at no point would I take it out on that person. Yeah. No. I would, like, talk to my friends and be like, this is kind of uncomfortable, and they would be like, okay, but, like, what if you gave them a chance? And then I would, and then I would turn out to really like that person. Right. Well, at this point, they're all still, like, they all go along with it because they think they can't tell her what happened to Will because, like, the government will kill them. Oh, yeah, good point. 
So Will kind of has the ability to see into the upside down right now, and I think we all know that, and Lucas is like, huh? And I know that that's because, like, they need to remind the audience, but I'm also like, keep up, Lucas. You, like, you, know, <laughs> you know this, bud. You know these things, bud. So they talk about how Dart must be from the upside down, and they're like, okay, well, let's take him to Hopper, and he's like, but if we take him to Hopper, then he'll die. And Mike is like, oh, and? <laughs> and what about like, it? Like, honestly, I'm kind of with Mike here. Yeah, I no, am No, I'm also with Mike here. He's like, well, okay, but if he's from the Upside Down, then he should be dead? Yeah. He's like, not everything from the Upside Down is bad, and it's like... No, it, mm. yeah, no, it all is, yeah. No, I think it all is. Yeah, it's yeah. not, it's not not all Upside Down creatures. Yeah. Except it kind of is, because Dart, Dart listened he's, to Dustin. He's different. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he's good. Yeah. Like, he's still part of, like, the weird hive mind that happens. That's a good point. He's different, but that doesn't mean that he has good motives. Like, right. it's great for later in the season when, like, he's in the way and Dustin has to be the one who's, like, taming the beast or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. generally, no. <laughs> I'm with you, I'm with you. So they talk about how they have a bond of trust and how they and how he trusts him, and I'm like, I'm not really sure how you can tell, but okay. So Max goes to pick the lock and he, like, gains two more feet. <laughs> and he escapes because the door is open, which is just, like, a really bad, it's just bad like, timing. Amateur move. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not Max's fault, but it's, like, not anybody's no, fault. No, it's not but, anyone's fault. But Mike is definitely going to blame Max because he's a totally. jerk. Totally. Uh, okay, so this is from IMDb. During the scene when the kids have the polywog in the AV room and it gets out of the trap and escapes, you can hear the score from the movie Gremlins. Um, oh. cool. That movie traumatized me as a child. That and Leprechauns. I hate- why, were I, why was I allowed to watch those movies? Yeah, I hate mm-hmm. Gremlins. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. So they start to do a search party for Dart. Um, Lucas full-on, like, kicks down a door. <laughs> he's like, man, I don't have time for doorknobs. And the teacher's like, huh? And he's like, oh, sorry, I was looking for study hall. And I was like, what a terrible excuse. And also, like, what? I love Is that they- how you enter study hall? Yeah. And the teachers don't even question it. They're just like, you know what? I'm off the clock. I don't, I don't have to deal with this. Who is it that tries to use a mop as a weapon? Either way, that's me behavior. Mike. Yeah, that's yeah. big you behavior. That's me behavior. Um, because when I was in, I was in a show called Shakespeare's Land, William Shakespeare's Land of the Dead, Mm -hmm. um, and my character used a mop as a weapon. You sure did. Nice. Against zombies. It doesn't sound like it was effective. Uh, I did die at the end of the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So then he finds Mike, finds Max inside of the boys' locker room, and he's like, hey, this is the boys' locker room. And I'm like, in what world would Dart be like? Can't go in the girls' wa- wa- room. Gotta go in the boys' room. And so Max is like, why would I look in the girls' room? Dart obviously knows what the difference is. Like, Max is like, well, I already checked the girls' room. Yeah. Yeah, I think Max is just being thorough. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he says that he doesn't want her in the party because she's annoying, which is not true. I if love If anyone's Max. annoying, it's you, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they don't need anyone else. And he accidentally talks about Elle, which he didn't, like, he doesn't want anybody to know about her, but he accidentally talks about her. Yep. Um, Max says she could be a Zoomer, which isn't a thing, but it should be. She's right. She's right. And so she's doing her skateboard thing. And it's very clear that Mike actually does kind of think it's kind of cool. Yeah. That she can ride a skateboard. Especially because he, he, like, the, when Elle is starting to creep around, you can see in the subtitles, like, they're having a whole conversation about, like, skateboarding. Like, he's clearly interested. Yeah. So, Mike, like, just kind of senses that it could be Eleven around, and he looks for her, but obviously they don't find each other. Will finds Dart in the bathroom, but he gets scared and he runs away. Totally fair. Um, he gets triggered into the Upside Down, and obviously the school is kind of a hub for that, so it's, like, a lot of different things culminating in, like, having, in, like, this whole thing. Protect him. He's yeah. little. So Dustin finds Dart, hides him because he know that he knows that if everybody else found him, that Mike would kill him. Mm-hmm. I kind of support this because 
if Dart hadn't responded so positively to Dustin finding him and be like, hey, like, this was stupid, but Dart clearly, like, actually wanted to go with Dustin. So I'm like, okay, yeah, you were right to save this, this little boy. I think he was right to save him and maybe take him home, put him back in the terrarium, but I don't think he was right to, like, continue keeping it a secret while everyone yeah. else is still looking no, for Dart. No, you're 100% yeah. correct on yeah. that one. So... Will takes Bob's advice, but obviously the opposite happens, and, um, Noah had said- First of all, this is all Noah, like, it's so weird because I, like, looked up to Noah so much throughout, like, all of the- the filming and everything, and I'm like, this kid is so talented, he's the best, and now I just, like, I said this last episode, but I, I follow him on TikTok, and that, <laughs> that, that is simply just a teenage boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he's a very talented actor. Of course. But he's- And also a, a child. <laughs> also just a kid. Um, but he said this this scene was quite difficult because it was just a green screen, really. Mm. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. So it's like you have to imagine smoke going up your nose. Yeah. But yeah, obviously this whole thing really comes to a head next episode. Um, so do you guys have any other notes on the episode? No. I don't think so. Okay, I think we're going to move on to segments then. Cool. Sweet. So my segment is Good Guy Steve Alert. And even though Steve was only in two scenes, uh, I sure did find myself a good guy Steve Alert. You know me. He was nothing but good. Mm -hmm. So, good guy Steve Alert, he doesn't engage Billy when he insults him. Good. Like, what he could have done was push Billy to the ground and start punching him. Of course. Mm -hmm. Or, and even, like, start, like, also trash-talking him back. I would have enjoyed like that. that. Yeah. But he fully just goes, can we just keep playing the game? Yeah. Also because Steve is sad. Yeah. yeah. He's going through it. Yeah, he doesn't want to do this right now. So, that's my first good guy Steve alert. Okay. Second, good guy Steve alert, honestly, was nicer to Nancy than I would have been. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. He, I'm glad he was because he's a good guy. But he didn't have to be that nice to Nancy. It's true. She was really mean last night. I yeah. know she doesn't remem remember it, but but she was really mean. I do yeah. appreciate that he knew she didn't remember it, though, so he was like, okay. Yeah. Benefit of the doubt, I'll lead her to it. So, that's my segment. Okay. And my segment is how garbagey was Jonathan this episode. Mm, not that garbagey, actually. Yeah, out of ten? Like, probably like a one. Sure. He was a good dude. Mm -hmm. I Fair enough. Him. Okay. Me? We don't dunk on him. Me has a whole segment dunking on him. <laughs> And my segment is, did uh, Joyce and Hopper acknowledge their obvious history? And they didn't. No. Because no. they didn't have any scenes together. Yeah. It's true. But Joyce and Bob did. Yeah. And they're also cute. Yeah, so. I, I ship that. Yeah. And now it's time for Best Line Award. My Best Line Award goes to Dustin and Marissa for... What the hell is that? Mr. Anderson! I need my paddles! Which, like, out of context is like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I need my paddles! I need my paddles! And mine goes to Dustin's mom for... What's wrong with you? Nothing. Did something happen? No. What? No. Are you constipated again? No, mom. No, mom. No. That's just <laughs> such a good mom moment. Like she's just so like concerned, and he's just like ah, and he's like I have to leave. And he clearly tells her those embarrassing things too. Yeah. And mine goes to Hopper for called flashlights, you dipshits. I'm such a big fan of that of that like insult. Yeah. Dipshit. Yeah. It's coming back. Uh, Dipshit is a good yeah, one. Yeah. I don't exactly know what it means, but I, I really just feel like it, it really, uh, it really just captures mm -hmm. what you mean. It captures the energy. Your mood. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you are so inclined, write us a review on iTunes. We like those. We also have a survey. It's in the description. It's just perpetually open. So we'd love to hear some things that you like about the podcast so we know what to keep doing, things that you think we could work on so that we can, you know, work on them. And, uh, yeah, like I said iTunes, even if you don't feel like writing something, those stars, super easy Helpful. to do. So super easy.
If you're a fan of the hundred, we like to t- the hundred. I'm saying I'm I'm keeping it. If you're a fan of the hundred, we like to talk about that show too. We are about to cover the final season, like literally whenever that comes out. But like, who knows? May. I think I, it's like May something. May twentieth. I I think. But like with the way things are like now, like the way things are right now, the CW has been like pushing stuff. So I'm not sure. They did finish filming, and I have a feeling that the people who are editing will probably work from home potentially if they can. Maybe. So I think I think it's still a go personally. Yeah. I mean like I did read a thing today that um they only finished the post for Picard last week because oh, yeah. they had so much trouble with like right. quarantine and stuff, so I'm not sure. Okay. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too, sometimes too much. Yes. <laughs> We've covered all of it that's aired so far and um it's chaotic and fun, so go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, this episode comes out on April 8th, this was the day that we were supposed to get the new episode of Riverdale, but they uh, they bumped it back. So hopefully we'll be getting new Riverdale soon. Who knows what's going to happen from here on out. If you're a fan of Lost, we'd like to talk about that show too. You see, this show is finished, so we don't have to worry about it being, about things being uh, uh, released because it's already done. It's and true. we're currently releasing our podcasts monthly with guests, and we are just finishing season two. It's also spoiler-free. So if you're watching for the first time, which you've got the time, please do. We've got nothing but time. If you're watching Lost for the first time, feel free to talk to me about it because uh, it's my favorite pastime to talk to other people about it. Yeah. And if you are interested, we have a Star Trek Picard podcast. The whole season just finished. I cried my eyes out. It was amazing. We're recording our final podcast episode about that um, tomorrow, which is kind of crazy. But I think that by the time this comes out, it will already be out. For sure, it'll already be out. Um, So if you're into that, come join us. And then I guess, like, I kind of want to do some stuff on that feed in the meantime. Because, sure. like, who knows when season two is going to come out. So keep your eye on that feed for other Star Trek-related content. You can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, mostly Twitter. You can also follow us on Tumblr because I make gifts of our favorite line awards. And she works really hard on them. Please support her. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash jfixonados. If you have a spare dollar, we would super appreciate it because it's rough times and our hosting costs $200 a podcast and we have five podcasts. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me on Twitter at at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. Join us for our next episode, which is episode 204, Will the Wise, and it comes out on May 20th. So far away now. I know. Well, that it's it's weird because it feels like the hundred season four, season four, the hundred season seven is so far away. But like that's when our next Stranger Things podcast. That's insane. Yeah. yeah, that's insane. I know they're far away, but it's so that we take up the entire year. I'm sure you all understand. And in the meantime, like we said, we have so many other podcasts for you to listen to if you're missing us. Watch Star Trek. You'll have things to do. Yee. Watch Star Trek and watch Lost. There, I did it for both of us. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.